Hey guys, and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with talented voices in the theater industry. My name is Alexandra, and I'm joined today by Carly Dyer. The first time I saw Carly on stage was earlier this year, and I was instantly blown away by her portrayal of Henry in Max Vernon's deeply moving new musical, The View Upstairs. The show tells the story of the 1973 arson attack on a gay bar in New Orleans through the lens of a time-traveling millennial, which I thought was such a fresh approach and a very interesting way of presenting this forgotten piece of LGBTQ history. Even though the show has now concluded its run here in London, Carly and I spoke all about this incredible piece of musical theater. And I didn't actually realize going into this interview just how many backstage stories and cast memories Carly would have from this project, which was so wonderful to hear because the show holds a very special place in my heart. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and make sure to follow Carly on Instagram at Carly M. Dyer and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Carly Dyer. Well, I'm always excited to ask, like, what drew you to theatre initially? You know, did you see a lot of shows growing up? Um, I did. My mum took me to see... The Lion King for my 10th birthday nice. and I think I was a bit of a brat about it. I was like, oh, going to the theatre. You know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, material things. But then she knew what she was doing because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Just all the animals coming down the aisle. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a person being a giraffe. So that kind of drew me in. And also from a young age, uh, I started going to dance lessons when I was about three. And then I like grew a really close sort of family network with the people that I was growing up with taking dance classes and then I did um, singing lessons I did some piano so my mum was really trying to sort of like branch me into that not the industry but just kind of like give me a go at everything just to see like what you're interested in but then it was at a certain age that I kind of um it's like, you know what, I think I want to do this. Amazing. And did you go to school for musical theatre? Uh, yeah, so I went to secondary school and did A-levels, and then I went to sort of like uni um, vocational training at ArtsEd for three years, nice. and I had the best time, like literally the best time. Awesome. Um, you know, how did you decide to pursue this professionally then? Because I, I imagine, you know, making that decision to study mm. something like this was a huge leap of faith as well. So yeah. talk to me about that. I forgot for a time that I'd actually said to my mum that I think I want to go into um, theatre and she's like well you need to train really hard because you know it is quite a difficult industry. She doesn't work in theatre but I think because we'd gone to see a lot yeah. you kind of just know and you hear from other people and I'd done a lot of sort of outside extracurricular activities in dance and theatre that when they'd said um, like what it entails you realise how hard it is and people that were older than me um, Sometimes you just think because you've had certain training that you're going to go into it, but that's not actually the case. So then when I kind of went into training, you do really kind of get really into it and see how much hard work it actually takes to kind of 
go into this as a business. And you know, fast forward to now, you've played lots of great roles here <laughs> in the West End and also internationally. Yes. Um, but I personally first saw you in The View Upstairs here <laughs> in London. And let me tell you, I went to see it three times. Ah. Each time I left weeping ah. and then I was angry yeah. and then I was confused. <laughs> and just all the feelings came to me. And I feel like even though I knew by, you know, by third time, I knew mm. what was going to happen and what the storyline was and what the reality of the show is, yeah. I just, it was still it amazed me it made me think it made me cry but what was it like being part of the show from an actor's point of view from an actor's point of view it's a it's a gift because you're educating a community but also on a broader scope just a whole sort of like industry and world when people just come to the theater on sort of like footfall you suddenly realize this is a forgotten part of history people in the community don't even know that that it's real that it's happened and um it was just one of those things that it was very special to be a part of and especially with the people that you're working with we were really um adamant that we wanted it to be the best that it could be with what Max has already given us as amazing as it is. It's something that you can learn so much from and you have conflicting feelings as well because Dale, who in the show, you're just like, oh, he's a bit of a nightmare, really. My mum came to watch the show and she literally was like, sitting there watching TV, I was like, mummy, okay? And she was like, oh, just Dale. And I was like, oh, I know. And she was, she's been at work, it's been like a week later. And I was like, I know. And I was like, I probably should have just given him the blanket for those people that know what happens in the show. But, um, yeah, the people that you think are the baddies aren't actually, it's because it's a way of surviving and finding out where you fit in a community, in the world, and just, it, it really is a very special piece and I hope that it, keep, it continues to reach out to everybody and just educate and just re kind of tell the story and keep those people's memories alive. And you know, even though the show predominantly takes place in 1973, mm -hmm. um, and you would think that we've gone a long way mm -hmm. since then, right? But I think it was a couple of weeks before the premiere of The View Upstairs that mm -hmm. those two poor lesbian girls were yeah. attacked in London. So it just kind of shows that we're not there yet. Yeah. We're nowhere near being there. Mm. And I think that's quite concerning, actually. It so really is. I, I love this about um, The View Upstairs is that you show this community and you go, people are just trying to live their lives, trying to live be their best selves and kind of just feel like oh this is who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am and because I am I feel like you should accept me for who I am so then when you do see things like that happening in the world it's like there are still so many people that could benefit from seeing something like this and go oh actually they have to go to a small bar to feel a little bit of themselves so yeah and what do you think resonated with people the most I think people resonate with the characters because they, everyone has that person that's really funny that says a witty thing or the person that's always a little bit dry and just always seems in a mood but you know that they're secretly having a good time but it's just in their way to kind of be like no you're all annoying me or whatever else but I think the story love just resonates with everyone doesn't it they're like everyone wants to feel that belonging so I think the view upstairs it shows you that as much as we might all come from different walks of life and we've all got our own issues going on we all ultimately want to feel like we have a sense of belonging and to be loved but then at the end of the day, we all need to be accepted for whoever we are. So how did you get involved with this project? With this project? Well, my best friend was auditioning it for um, the role of Henry. And she was like, oh my goodness, I'm obsessed with everything about it. When she heard about the call, so I was hearing all about it. I was like, sounds amazing. I really hope you get it. And I was away at the moment. 
and then she got another job so she couldn't um, take part. So then, because I was away, they asked me to do a self-tape, and I was like, oh, this is bizarre. And I was like, okay, fine. So I had to do a tape of me um, singing The World Outside These Walls and doing a couple of scenes for Henry. Um, and I sent that off, and they were like, they loved it. I was really shocked because when you're short on time, sometimes the self-tapes, if you don't have like a stand, a tripod, then you're just like, oh, the camera's looking up my nose. And you're like, I don't know how well I know the song. And that song I found quite challenging when I was first learning it. I was like, I can't sing these notes. It's very high. So um, doing that and then finding someone to read with you to do the scenes. And sometimes when you're short on time, you don't have time to kind of look into how you're going to play the character and do all the work that you would do in a rehearsal process. So to get the job, I was like, wow, okay. So then when it came to the rehearsals, I was like, oh, it's nice to spend some time. And then also when I heard who was in the cast, I literally was like, and I'm doing this job? I'm what? I was like, all these people, I was like, what? I feel like my agent was kind of trying to coax me into doing the job. I was like, I'm sold already because I'm at the Soho Theatre, the piece is amazing, and I'm working with all these people that I can learn from and just basically have a masterclass in everything from them on a daily basis. It was just out of this world, really. I can imagine. <laughs> and actually, let's talk about the brilliant cast of mm. the show. So did you know any of them before or did you meet on the job? Oh, I knew some of them. I'd worked with Fabian, the choreographer, um, at college. Um, Tyrone, I'd worked with a number of times. I'd worked with Tyrone in Dreamgirls, Memphis. He just directed me in Amos Behaving. So I couldn't get rid of Tyrone. <laughs> Friends um, for life. Yeah. So I literally was like, oh, it's amazing that he's doing it as well. Um, I'd always been a huge, huge fan of Victoria Hamilton Barrett. She's literally, I want to be her. I'm like, yeah, my girl crush. <laughs> she is amazing. And then the nicest person in real life as well. You're like, oh my goodness. You know, they say you should never meet your heroes. Yes. I was like, I love her. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I'd seen people in shows, but... Um, Oh, I worked with Joe Krause in Hades Town, so he's always a hoot, he's a right laugh. But yeah, I'd seen a lot of people in shows, so I was already like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be with these people. I was like, ah, stress. <laughs> but everyone was great. Yeah, and, and you guys, it, it was just so obvious, you know, when you step into that theatre, you were a unit. Mm. You were all together, in it together, 100%, yeah. even on those terribly hot days. Oh my goodness. I went to one of them. <laughs> I can imagine, I, I literally could see Andy Mientis's just forehead just covered <laughs> in sweat. <laughs> but yeah, you guys made it through. <laughs> For those who haven't, perhaps didn't see the show or need a refresher, so you played Henry. Yeah. Who was Henry? Henry was an old school butch. Um, who owns the upstairs lounge and she is a really ballsy character but also she has a maternal side to her as well so she's not all just like balls to the wall she's really she is a very friendly person in her own way like you can't push her too far but um, yeah she wanted to create a safe space for all these people that feel sort of like ousted and not accepted in the community where they can come and be their true selves but I think in this play, it's really interesting because in the world, there are people have all their different views and you try and find your way of fitting in. Whereas in the upstairs lounge, you know that you can be your true self, being gay, 
loving who you want to love but at the same time it's finding your place within all these different people because just because you're homosexual doesn't mean that you're all going to get on because there's still going to be that push and pull with someone that you're like oh well actually they rubbed me up the wrong way like Dale did with many people and it's it's also interesting that the entire show takes place in the same location mm. there's no like fancy set changes yeah. or anything and it was so cozy and so warm not just because it was the summertime <laughs> but it was just so you instantly felt like I think I said in my Insta story I felt like I was home yeah <laughs> And it was it was just magical. I had never been in a theater where you felt so immersed mm-hmm. right away, even yeah. if you were not sitting on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that was brilliant. So as you, your character was the owner of Upstairs mm. Lounge. So what did the bar symbolize to you? I think it's that, you know how like when you go to a grandparent's house and it's got that smell. When we first walked onto the set, I think where they tried to make the floor... Um, sort of run down like it's really been lived in it was already sticky so in a way I was like it's really annoying that it makes that noise but at the same time I was like but I also kind of like it the sound went but at the same time I was like I really I really love that that it's shabby but it's also still got that vibe of the 70s so I think it represents that safe space that sometimes you're like oh it's not really it's not a plush place not like oh wow this is so fancy you come in and you just know that you can really sink into the furniture you can really just like live in it it's not somewhere that you just you know when you feel like oh I'm having to sit up straight you can really lounge in there the upstairs lounge ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) I love that so you know how, what was the rehearsal process like for you and the, the research as well that you had to do for the character? Well, um, Jonathan O'Boyle is amazing at kind of collecting a whole host of research and kind of saying, okay, so how do you see your character? Because obviously you do a read-through of the play and then you discuss what works um, in your mind and what things you didn't quite understand. We have a moment where you come in and you bring in sort of like 10 pictures of what you think your character looks like or just like something that just replicates what you think is something to do with the piece. And then you kind of have um, New Orleans pictures, um, Stonewall, just lots of different things so that you can look around and everyone brings in like 30 pieces of paper to go, oh, okay, this is what you see. And then you say, oh, what sticks out to you? You start kind of putting together scenes and some of the music. The music was epic. All that that implies Because you said all I'm so shy One look and I turn into a 50s housewife In my mind I'm screaming out your name Oh yeah. Really, really hard to learn because we're all on like our own harmonies. Only now and then with someone else on your, your harmony line. So then you're just like, and what was mine again? <laughs> They're teaching someone else like, and mine again, I've forgotten it. <laughs> so you're just sitting there looking crazy in the corner, just like coming along, you're like, how does that fit? But I think the audience felt that when it was all pulled together, that it was really um, a strong, really strong cast and just everyone really brought their A game. I don't know if you saw our first ending where we had the cop from 2019 come back in. Oh no, I didn't see that yeah, one. Yeah, at the very beginning. I think it was only for a show or two, but he came back in and when Wes was sort of like screaming, just like, Patrick, Patrick, um, to be like, oh, are you a squatter? Because he's like, what are you doing in here? People have been complaining that they're hearing stuff going on here. And then he obviously... Um, says to him, oh, things are so much better. And he's like, do you know what happened here in this place? And he explains to him what the building is. And the cop's like, well, things are better now. But what Jonathan O'Boyle and Max Vernon were kind of on the fence about was, how is it we've gone through this whole story and um, now it's going to be a white, straight cop that's going to tell him about what's better? 
So then they changed it, and I think it works beautifully that they had Patrick be the one to kind of go, well, this is this is how it was, and you can make a difference. No, that ending killed me. Oh, just, my word. In tears, yes. just sobbing. I think it was the fir- my first theatre-going experience where I was just crying, like, oh, my God, what's yeah. happening to me? <laughs> Like, and it's it's kind of it's embarrassing obviously to break down in front of people but I will say like everyone was weeping and yeah. everyone was so almost supportive in the audience mm. it was like yeah you cry I'm crying yeah. everyone's crying it's fine it's a collective yeah. cathartic moment where you would like, yeah. I have to release this like you obviously saw the seats that were on stage yes. oh my word obviously because we kind of go back to being ghosts at the very end and then you're hearing all this information I literally just wanted to like just get a little tissue and pass it to the people that are sitting there because it's like and obviously you feel very exposed because there's the whole audience and then you and like your on stage seats and I'm like I can't move to help you but I wish I'd put a tissue there for you because it is so much and you're like no don't give in to it don't give in it's like just give in let it happen it's like <laughs> but at least you all know that you're in it together <laughs> exactly and what was it like having people literally be part of the set and like sitting on set oh it's amazing stage. and you could tell that we love having fun with those people because like Cedric used to sit they'd be like oh did you get those people who drink honey I'm like yes in a minute and then you're like what do you want and my favourite thing is when people ask me for a drink and I'm like what do you want and they're like a gin and tonic I'm actually like it's iced tea <laughs> iced tea or water in the vodka bottle I'm like gin and tonic what do you think this is so they're like ooh and I'm like you're going to finish that but you can really have fun with them and then over the other side when the boys go over there and they're just like messing with people or like Freddie when he's doing his drag number and he like gets the money out I was the first Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the <laughs> best day of my it's life. It's so much fun. And people that don't know what's happening, they're like, Ugh. I feel like I would have died the first time around, but yeah. like I sat there the second time around. Yeah. I was like, I know what's happening. Yeah. I know what's happening. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> and you know, doing this show, what were some of the messages that you hoped that it would send to people? I think that we all have those same wants and needs in our life, just to feel a, a safe space, a sense of belonging to know that we can be loved and that we are worthy of being loved. It really is a message that we may all have our stuff going on, but at the end of the day, love is love and that we all really do need to be more open and accepting of each other. So let's talk about working with Max on this project. Obviously the genius, Max Vernon, (laughs) who wrote the show because this was the European premiere mm. the view upstairs so it was such a big deal for him yeah so and i read an interview actually with john partridge who played buddy and he mentioned that it was a very collaborative environment definitely. so did you bring any of your own opinions about henry or ideas yeah, for the character definitely because there's been so many other versions sometimes you have that fear as an actor that you might come into a piece and they're like well this person did this but at the same time as much as you can go oh, okay i see what you're saying you can't always portray what someone else has done because you're a completely different person. And sometimes the people that have played Henry have been bigger people, they've been older, and also sometimes when you're working with someone that you feel like, oh, they've got sort of like um, more s- status and just like um, a bigger personality, you're like, well, I'm meant to kind of have the upper hand here. So you have to find a way of kind of bringing that character in without being like, well, me as Carly doesn't feel like that person. I feel like I'm a young, sprightly, woo. Whereas Henry's got to be like, "Uh, low, and get into it. So you're finding not only your character, but how your character fits in with everyone else and what your relationship is with 
Richard with Buddy, with Willie. So when we first came to kind of talk about our characters, they kind of put us into our groups with like who you kind of paired with and who you would have the strongest relationship with. So I was with Cedric and John Partridge who um, played Willie and Buddy. And then you'd kind of come back and go, oh, well, I think I know this person. And I think they would, I get on with her because she's got that maternal instinct. She's the only other um, woman that's in the bar. So it was really interesting to bring those things together, but also know that we've got this great um, centerpiece, which is the script that Max has written, and know that we have room to play with how we see our characters now as opposed to what he might have written. Absolutely. And when I spoke with Max, he was raving about you guys. Honestly, <laughs> he was just telling me how he's very demanding as a person, I'm sure you know, but he said he only kind of, he expects the best mm. from the best people. And yeah. obviously all of you guys made that list. So, <laughs> I don't think he's demanding. That's really weird that he thinks that. Yeah, I think he's, he's his attention to detail is very strong. So mm. I think maybe that's what he meant in that. Yeah. But from where I was sitting, obviously it seemed like every single one of you guys were 100% committed every time that I went to see the show. Mm -hmm. But we all know that random shit happens all yeah. the time, right? <laughs> so can you share any like funny mishaps that happened? Hmm. I'm like, many happen. Um, <laughs> one of the funniest moments was uh, Johnny Partridge. He leaves the scene after he's like dropped a little stink bomb. He's like, yeah, you know, he's a hooker. And he's like trying to like chat up these guys in the corner who are on stage. And then he's literally like, oh, you want to come outside? But not saying, like, really come outside. And the guy is literally like, oh, okay. He, like, gets up and goes off stage. And I'm looking at him like, where are you going? I look at Cedric. <laughs> Cedric's like, um... <laughs> and then Johnny's obviously turned around. He's, like, in the wing. Like, not in the wing, but backstage where our dressing rooms are. I'm looking at this man like, I don't know what's going on here. I think you should go back into the picture. And then the guy that he's with, I think it was his partner, was just like, where, where did you think you were going? And then obviously we like look at him throughout the place and be like, oh, how's it going? And he just had that shame, just like, I don't know what I thought I was doing. I think he thought it was an immersive piece. I was like, this is as immersive as it gets, just this stall. <laughs> I it's so, it's so, in that challenge, like, it's so funny to mm. like be, be in that space because you get immersed, but then where's the line? And, yeah. And I feel like a lot of theater is about like having a boundary and yeah. like having that line. So. And knowing how much we're going to give to you. Yeah. Another moment. Oh my goodness. This really made me laugh. Do share it. <laughs> so, um. Obviously, it's straight through. There's no interval. Um, and I think... I don't know if people always knew this, so they'd probably sit there and be like, oh, I've been in here quite a long time now. Even though some people said it was very quick. But they're like, oh, I need a little wee now. So then you forget which way you've come in the theatre. And obviously, you came from the back of the theatre down the steps. You see, I'm behind the bar the whole time. I've seen someone come down the stairs. I'm just like, where are they going? And then they think, oh, this is the door to leave. But know that we come in and out there all the time. Yeah. So they're like, oh, that's obviously not the door. There's a curtain. And behind it, there's just loads of like metal poles for rigging and all sorts. And they're like trying to go in there. And I'm actually looking at them like, I don't come know where. Back. I'm like, where are you going? You can't go in. <laughs> and there was one woman that went out the door. And she was just behind there. I come off stage to go and get a mop or something. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> someone from stage management and everyone's like who's that out there and I'm like an audience member and they're like what <laughs> and she off. was never seen yeah, again never seen again and I'm like do you need to come back in what are you doing oh, God. <laughs> amazing but on that note actually what did you enjoy the most about being part of this um well telling the story is just like a given because it's amazing and everything that Max Vernon has brought to the piece is just iconic and just needs to be said 
Um, but just working with everyone was brilliant and having the audience response was incredible. But I just, I love how the piece can fluctuate in any given state, just depending on how people are feeling that day and depending on the audience you get. If the audience is really sort of vocal or loud, then you kind of go, oh, okay, they're really, they're really with us. But sometimes they're listening and they're really listening to the story and what it's about. So it means that you do other things. You go, oh, okay, we really need to just get the point across, educate them. But I love working with everyone and knowing that everyone has that little glint in their eye. They're always going to be looking at you in a certain way like, what's going on now? What are you looking at? What What is funny? Because what we do is amazing and you really enjoy it. And sometimes when you're not in that space to kind of like play more than you normally would, sometimes you're like, well, I'm just here to do a job and I'm just telling the story. So regardless, it's just an amazing experience to be a part of, but also to work with people that can play and can kind of push you further than what you think you might be able to bring to a piece. Definitely. And then because obviously there's no happy ending for Mm. any of these characters. Well, apart from maybe Tyrone's character, wherever he goes afterwards Mm -hmm. but you know for you guys there's no happy ending Mm -hmm. so was it hard taking that story on every night and and kind of having to go through those emotions uh yes definitely like you feel different things from day to day and sometimes things that you've heard more than 10 times you hear differently and suddenly you're like wow that really got me in the feels and you're like oh my goodness I must be going through something today or maybe someone said their line completely differently but I will say this the last show that we did was just something like I've never known because Tyrone's doing his long speech and you're just like oh my goodness I thought I was okay and it's like I can't move but apparently my face is leaking all over the floor (laughs) and then it's like you're coming around the piano to sing together and you're just like oh my word you're like oh I've found a family and you're like oh no we're all together and we have become really close friends and we are a family now it's like oh no we've got to sing and I think the moment that really got me was when we all came together and Tyrone saying all his lines but then when you take the picture and you think we've finally we've done this for these people that lost their lives and we're saying that we still remember you that you're here and putting those pictures up it was just and it was one of my favorite um, musical moments as well but it's like oh god it really was a struggle to get through but at the same time you wanted to do a great service to these people to be like I'm not going to just like cry through your whole thing and be like no one knows what you're saying of course. but yeah it was just a really emotional journey and to have people that had seen the show before come back and really kind of like embrace being seen and seeing people that they know on the stage as opposed to just like oh I've seen this a million times just something that is a day-to-day whereas this is like oh I know these people that is me and let's talk about audience reaction actually because I feel like Twitter blew up Mm. after after the show premiered i saw so many supportive tweets yeah. everyone loved it people were saying how does how did we not know about this it was insane i feel like word of mouth was really mm. strong for this show so what was that like meeting these people after the show and like oh uh, it what was were those moments like it's really heartwarming actually because sometimes you don't know when you're rehearsing for something how it's going to be received and if what you're doing is going to reach anyone so then when we got the response and then you hear people not just crying but just really um taking on the gravity of the piece you're suddenly like oh okay i think i think we're going to be okay having footfall in the area that we were in meant that people came in even though they didn't know they were going to watch this meant that it spread 
like no one had ever imagined even though the piece is amazing but you have no idea that it's going to reach that many people and then there were people that came to watch the show that came on their own and then met other people that became fans so then they were like oh I'm going to watch the show this time and like oh you're gonna am I gonna see you there so then they found all these people that they could connect with which was unbelievable and also just amazing to know that they might have felt alone in the world or with what they were going through but it meant that our piece brought them together in some way because they're like I had no idea what I was coming to see or that I would meet someone that felt the way that I did so they created this whole online community outside of a community that we were like we've forgotten about this part of your history but now we've brought you so much more than just our piece and they'll always have that to go oh this is what brought us together So it's just like quick questions. Okay. Do I have so, to ask them really quickly? <laughs> just whatever comes to mind. So what do you wish someone had told you when you were first starting out? Um, it's not the be all and end all. Find the things that you love outside of the industry. So if you love going to see theatre, do that too. Don't just get bogged up in having to achieve all the time because sometimes there aren't the things that you are um, right for available for you to audition for or be in at the moment so find something else that you love describe yourself in three words in three words uh hyper mm, random and confident good i like that <laughs> um who are some of the industry people that have left a big impression on you um victoria hamilton barrett <laughs> If you could play the lead in any other musical, regardless of gender, mm -hmm. who would it be? Hmm. When I was younger, I wanted to be Sarah in Ragtime. I feel like that's quite just like a oh, bug standard. No one said that before to me. <laughs> oh, so, really? so but then uh, my recent one has been I wanted to be Carrie Pepperidge in um, Carousel. <laughs> but I love music. Um, I don't want to play Elder Price. I feel like that would just be, yeah. You would go through everything, I feel like, in that show. Yeah. I do like being silly on stage. Yeah. Because then you just... Sometimes it's not that fun because when the audience isn't laughing with you, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't very good. But then when they are, you're like, I'm hilarious. You know, sometimes there's a delay, you know, between when the joke kind of lands yes. and they're like, oh, okay, that was yeah. funny. And I find it terrifying as an audience member sometimes because I'm like, oh, that was really funny. And then waiting for other people yeah. to laugh, I'm like... Is they're, it going to happen? They're a little bit slower. They're sad, huh? Or also, people don't know if they can laugh. Yes. And it's true. like, please laugh. Help me. <laughs> Help me. Uh, mornings or evenings? Oh, evenings. Question for a future podcast guest. What's your most embarrassing audition story? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I can't wait to ask that. What are you most looking forward to in 2020? Ooh. For a more progressive theatre to really um, take risks really because I've seen some amazing theatre that's been like oh okay okay we're making waves but I feel like we're only at the very beginning so I'm looking forward to all those things within theatre but I suppose within myself to take on more challenges because I've been very very lucky this year that I've played so many different characters that have been completely different so next year I'm like what else is there I can do what else can I try and achieve but yeah. Brilliant. Well, on that note, best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. <laughs>
If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider giving us a rate and review. This would help me tremendously in reaching more theater fans and also getting more guests on this show. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You know, I'm always just one message away on Instagram and you can find me at Goodversations. So let's get to know each other. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you again next Monday.